Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So this week on the podcast, we have the excellent Justine Stafford. Justine is a comedian, a content provider, a journalist. She does loads of different things. Um, she's based right now mainly at a joe.ie. You'll also know her from the Tri Channel, um, where we've never got to work together. We actually only met on mic today for the first time. Um, so it was such a pleasure to meet her. It's really interesting kind of having a, 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 a sense of who the, the guests that are going to really work might be. I kind of knew just from being aware of Justine's work and from her social media that she'd be an absolutely stunning guest for this podcast, I could never have guessed how right I was. This episode is one of my favourites. I'm so excited to share it with you. Justine's work is so good right across the board. She's constantly making really brilliant content over at joe.ie and I don't mean that in the whole like social influencer way and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but what Justine's doing at Joe is just very gas, like very consistently and really is tapping into something uh, very... Irish and like universal at the same time um, you, you, you'll know her work the minute you, you, you see it is what I'd say so make sure that you're checking her stuff uh, out on Twitter and uh, Facebook and Instagram and all the various um, platforms um, in other news guys um, all good here I, I've recorded a big clump of episodes in a row um, and I'm really proud of so many of them so if you are listening um, and you have mates who maybe haven't listened before or who might have fallen off the bandwagon with different things and just the podcast got away from them which totally happens all the time and um, give them a prod and a poke because these episodes are some of my favorites i think they're super strong super honest super funny it's everything that i want the podcast to be and i hope um we get as many people listen to them as uh, possible in terms of uh, work that i'm doing and um, really enjoying uh, the voiceover stuff that's coming in at the moment and um just kind of I don't imagine I'll be back on stage this side of Christmas which is such a weird feeling but it, there's something kind of nice about it I kind of like made up my mind about the kind of work that I, I want to be doing going forward and it, it, it's real interesting trying to just um, re-evaluate re- re- where you're at with, with, with all the different work so it's really fun exploring the voiceover stuff now and just doing more and more of the writing which, which I love so much and, and kind of hanging on for the right the right acting gig I suppose so it, it's a really interesting time and I don't even know why I'm, I'm saying this necessarily on the mic but it, it just feels appropriate to update you because it's something that I'm thinking about a lot and you know in this podcast my feckin' thoughts always end up getting funneled into it anyway so um, something about it just feels somewhat appropriate but um, yeah living my best life over here and uh, as I said loads of X episodes of this podcast coming so uh, if you haven't already make sure you hit subscribe if this is your first time coming and you're coming for Justine you're so welcome there's tons of other episodes that you might love uh, whether that's Paul Howard from the Russell Carroll Kelly books Jared Regan um, from Vicar Street or the Irishman of Broadcast uh, podcast or Mary Byrne from X Factor fame or like uh, any amount of actors musicians songwriters drag queens whatever the thing is I'm almost certain that we have it so um, go back through our, our back catalogue and I hope there's stuff in there that you'll enjoy uh, and also give us a rating passes on to a friend a tweet a facebook whatever it is for you anything at all it makes a huge difference that's the only way this podcast uh, is sustainable and you are so good for sustaining i really do appreciate it so guys without further ado please enjoy the phenomenal justine stafford playing personality bingo with tom Moran.
Justine Stafford ready to play personality bingo? Let's bloody do it. All right, okay, sweet. So a quick explanation of how it all works. I've got 60 minutes on the clock. Uh, I've got 60 oh, wow. balls in here. And 60, you like the clock? Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's all going on. Yeah. Uh, and 60 questions uh, that correspond. I've also given you five numbers there. Would you do me a favour and read out the five? I have two, 21, 31, 43 and 58. Love it. Uh, do me another favour. Pick something between 1 and 60 that's not already there. Okay. What are you going to go for? I'm going to go with number three. Number three? Yeah. A good bingo number. Solid, yeah. What are you, what, what are you thinking behind it? Yeah, there was three locks uh, that you had opened to get in here tonight and it was a fantastic, fantastic challenge. It's like crystal, crystal maze. An epic struggle. Yeah, it there, was. There may have been tears and crowbars involved. Yes, and this is your third podcast that you've done today, so there's three as well. That's there you go. true, it is my third podcast. It's been a good day of podcasts and they've all been great, so no fucking pressure. Yeah, none at all. Um, no. And I should say that if uh, all six of those numbers, which is three multiplied by two, just saying, um, do happen wow. to come out, that means the tables are turned and you get to ask me any questions question in the whole entire world I'll give you a totally honest answer good god has, the, has anyone got that before like? no someone's got five. Oh, okay no one's gotten six like, Jesus so it could be you we're nearly on a hundred so like odds are it should have happened but what yeah. yeah you'll see okay there's no pressure because now I feel like it'll have to be like I really should have thought this through what question to ask I know well yeah because I, I, it hasn't happened like I don't really give people a heads up but like I'm sure something will come up and you know you'll yeah. okay your, your, your curiosity will be piqued yeah all right, okay. Let's do it. Let's give it a spin. Woo. Whoops. Oh. oh, oh. She fell on the floor, the ball. Terrible start. All right. First out the <laughs> gate, we have number 39. Do you have it? I do not. No worries. Number. Th- I also just did say, we're both from Meath. We are. That feels significant because I was just listening to us both talk and like, not that we speak the same. You're, you have a bit more of a, a like a dirty accent than oh, me. Oh, yeah. I'm not cultured, I'm agriculture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big time. So uh, if there's a bit of like, there, there, be, there won't be a TH said for the next. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 33. Uh, all right. Uh, this was number um, 39. Oh, this is a good one to start with. What is your biggest downfall when it comes to being healthy? Sweet Jesus. Okay, um, Christ. Um, I would say overthinking. Um, if we were going on like eating, I don't know. I probably, I eat a lot of apples. That's a big issue I have. That's your downfall when it comes to being healthy eating. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I eat too much fruit. I know what I mean. It's a real problem. Like I have like minimum 15 apples a day. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. That that is so cool. Um, I don't know. Like they say, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. So I kind of think I'm keeping a whole hospital away at this stage. Absolutely. You know? But no, it's not good, and it's expensive. Like you know, because I I like the pink ladies, mm. the more expensive apple. Mm. So you're talking three euro a pack there, and Tesco. Oh yeah, Tesco yeah. finest. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, it's it's expensive, and it actually is damaging my teeth. Uh, you know, a lot of acid. In the apples, uh, that's not good. Like so, would 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 you like it's like eight a half a? How many apples have you had today? <laughs> I've gone through two six packs. Really? <laughs> so we're on twelve. Yeah. yeah. Are you serious? I'm deadly serious. It's a really like as in, you know, they like some people need a cigarette or something after a meal to feel full. They don't feel they've had a meal yet, mm. or after riding as well. Some people have. Like, mm-hmm. I'm told I don't, but uh, I need an apple after sex. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. Well, yeah, no, it's definitely happened. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's cool. I mean, that is, this, this might be my favourite <laughs> thing I've ever learned on a podcast. I, I don't even think that's that weird. I just think that's fascinating. But, like, honestly, like, I have found, this is a true story, like, I've found 
stickers like everywhere like as in today at work genuinely someone's like just seen you have a sticker on your hat on your head i was like wow and then turn around and there's one on my jumper and there was one uh in my bed once when someone was there that's excellent and say, I mean is it really it's kind of like a tag at this stage you see a pink lady sticker you're like Justine's been here yeah she's she's landed <laughs> marking your territory yeah but no I mean it's a lot of sugar as well because mm. you know you're talking like I read in the packs it's like 15% of your sugar is in one apple right so diabetes here we come yeah and, and so then what about in terms of um, the overthinking aspect that you talked about yes, there yes yeah like I'm so glad I asked that <laughs> that, that follow up question yeah Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, just kind of, it's kind of like a reflex. Mm. Um, everything I do just plays over my head for the rest of the day. Um, it kind of feeds into then, like I would have anxiety, and mm. it's just vicious circle, really. Um, so there would be the two. If I had to go with the physical aspect, of the apples, and kind of the more my mental health, it would be kind of anxiety, just an overthinking. Um, and, and what what does overthinking like actually look like on a day-to-day basis? What sort of stuff? Literally everything I do, like it could come down to buying apples. Like say I go into the shop and I bought a pink lady, I'd be like, oh, why don't I buy a bloody pear instead? Like every decision I make is like, well, why didn't you do the other thing? Mm. And, you know, everyone that I talk to in any day, it's like, what do they actually think of me? I don't think they like me. And it's just this vicious telling yourself bad things and put yourself down I don't know I, I do a lot uh, maybe it's good in a sense of like I think in a small dose it's good to be that way because you kind of push yourself or like you know if I make a meme at work and I'm like no that could be funnier is that funny enough and then you know you, you make something better from it uh, but the levels that I have of it probably are not good mm. yeah. and like is it a kind of thing that you're just at the point where you're like right that's just me at the moment and I'm going to live with that or is there things that you do to try and like counteract I suppose I try and talk to people about like close friends or that of like oh god like ask them and they're you know like what do you think they actually think of me and they're like you just seen you are you need to stop this is like you're being ridiculous and it's good in theory knowing that and on a practical level you know you're being ridiculous but it's hard to just show it off but I do I try and then you know distract myself by just focusing on comedy or watching something or listening to something but it is hard to shut it off like it comes back a lot do you think overthinking is part of your like process of making comedy does it feel important to you i think it is that's why i do think there's a healthy level that everyone can have of thinking and thinking about things they've done um but when it gets to a point where it's just on loop the whole time it's not good but i do think yeah it has definitely helped me when i've wrote jokes to be like Mm, is that really the best punchline and then you do come back to it and you can think of something funnier mm. but uh, yeah it can get pretty pretty bad yeah yeah yeah, yeah. alright I get you well let's not overthink this and let's give it a spin <laughs> alright here we go number what a shit segue on my part sorry about that uh, number 56 cheesy radio DJ yeah 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 uh, totally I mean he didn't have to say it out loud but yeah uh, 56 um, if you were to have a child would you bring them up with religion oh Jesus. Well, you know, we hear people say they like they'll bring them up Catholic just to get them into the Catholic schools. Mm. That's a thing that people do, but I don't think. Oh, like unless you're currently pregnant now, that's probably not going to be a thing by the time. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Because I feel like now, like I think that is that almost already outlawed in schools. I think they're like getting rid of that as a thing. Thing, yeah. Which is, it's just bizarre that there are people who would do that, and I don't think that's. 
oh, it's really not a right thing to do, obviously. Mm. But um, no, I don't think I would. What What's your relationship to, like, were you brought up Catholic? Catholic, yeah. yeah I'd see myself as an atheist now, really. Mm. Um, I think... They're just re- I reached a point with just the amount of abuses and scandals in the church that I kind of just had to step away from it. I was like, there's just too much here that it's very, very hard to try and then take it seriously or have faith in it. Mm. And I have a lot of respect for people who have such a strong faith and belief in it, um, even given everything that's happened. It, it's, I don't know, I don't know how they do it. Mm. But uh, no, I wouldn't be in any way religious. You have to go to... The, the mass at Christmas and that and uh, but that's about the height of it now my mother would be very religious right. would go every Saturday night and you know when I stopped going to mass that was an issue and I was like why aren't you going to mass Um, but I think I sat down and explained with her why the reasons and she kind of could see why I was stepping away from religion yeah you, so as an atheist like are there things that you like, are there things that you believe about, like, the world or about, like, what happens when we die? Or, like, do you think about stuff? Is that something that concerns you? I kind of just think it's like a light switch mm. that just goes off. Um, That's kind of what I think, like, yeah. I mean, that was one of the things of standing away from religion that you're kind of like, I don't know, because that's such a strong part of the Catholic faith. And I do think there's a lot of elderly people who go to Mass because they fear death. And there's that fear of what happens afterwards and wanting to have you know the afterlife and go to heaven and that and I think that's a huge part of their faith uh, but I know I just don't see it I just see that it's a light switch you're gone yeah. which is fairly morbid to say but what was it that you you text me when you're on the way up here about your dad <laughs> yeah it was great so, <laughs> my, uh, yeah my granddad has a great saying generally because he's either in the car with me who's a fairly bad driver or my father who's also a very bad driver and he just says it's better to be late in this world than early in the next I like it so yeah it's it's fairly deep and a bit morbid um, but I love it yeah it's good. Is your granddad like a wise man? He is. Uh, he doesn't have a beard, but I feel if he had a beard, he'd stroke it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a lot of wisdom going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he comes out with phrases like that. Are there any phrases like that you feel are particularly knobber? Like any things that like <laughs> they they like that your mates say that like if you were to say it in Dublin, people are like what the fuck are you talking about? Well, the whole range like. Oh, even when I start doing a no- talking about knob, but it comes out so much thicker in my accent. Even when you said there earlier about we won't be pronouncing T's, I don't really get a lot of negative feedback. I don't really, people don't give me a lot of abuse, thankfully, I'm lucky. Uh, so far, I'll jinx it now. Yeah. But um, the one comment I got, which was my favourite bit of abuse, was someone said to me, that was as difficult to watch as her ability to pronounce the letter T. <laughs> uh, which I thought was accurate, well played. But I wanted to respond but I couldn't and I just wanted to say well I can pronounce the T in cunt <laughs> so yeah it would have been a lovely lovely uh, comeback but I couldn't because it was on a work thing I was like oh, I can't be seen to be saying that on a work thing what what it like because you know the way off mic I was asking you about like your relationship to writing and stuff now and like what, what you're doing and you were saying like how it's kind of nice to write within the context of Joe because people understand the voice of Joe yeah. like that what's, what's the line where like because Joe's like relatively irrele- irreverent for for like a you know a, such a, a popular site. Like, what is there a line that you have like like for example like saying cunt? It's like we we can't be associated with that. Oh, 
Ah, yeah, I mean, there'd be a fair like, Kirsten, I think, is pretty feck. You could do a bit of a feck, like, but uh, yeah. no, they wouldn't be. They'd be fairly strict on that kind of thing of, like, just being professional. Mm. Um, but I'm just saying, like, I was going to re- respond to my own personal account, and it's like, yeah, that wouldn't really look great and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta be professional. Gotta be professional. Yeah. All right. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, phrases in Nobber, um, well, load, uh, come here, hey. A bit of high. There's always a yeah, high thrown in there. A bit of high, he up. Yeah. Oh, what, he what was up. it? Well, load. Well, load. What's that? Like, what lad. Oh, lad. <laughs> Jesus. I thought you were saying, yeah. yeah. Well, lad. Yeah. Um, Hold on, but that pronunciation of lad is so outrageous. <laughs> I know. And I think people do it then as a piss take of, it's, it's as if Nobber's taking the piss out of itself. Yeah. Which is great. We can have a laugh at ourselves that we're from the country. And I love that. I love Nobber so much. But uh, they'd be the phrases. Because even like when I moved to Dublin originally, I was in college. I remember the lecture the first day was asking everyone, just went around the class, being like, how's everyone getting on? I was like, oh, sure, not so bad. Like, And he literally had to stop. He's like, sorry, I didn't understand a word you just said. And I would notice it when I go home, my accent comes out so much thicker. Me and too. it's like, um, yeah, it's metal, isn't it? Mm. I don't know if it's because you're surrounded by the accent or that you just feel more comfortable letting it out I don't know because I feel in Dublin do you, like I felt I had to th- now I can't even do my teas and edges I feel I have to tone it back mm. the accent yeah it's how you get by really yeah oh no I, I totally I, I totally know what you mean like if I'm with the lads like I talk completely different yeah and have you ever had someone say it to you like because I've had like people from Dublin be down with me when I'm talking to like people from Nobber and they're like Jesus your accent has changed so much in the past half an hour on the road down here once we passed the border for Dublin and reached me it was just free for all <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 but yeah no. Won't change it. Yeah, no, it's it's good. Do you know? I was actually um, I was playing a game of football the other day, and there was a fella. Uh, I was on, he's on the other team, but like he was definitely from like North Mead or or like or, or loud. Like he had that mm. just that, that you know that like he, uh, he's, <laughs> and like but there was just an anger in him, and I was like, what is it about like North Mead loud? Like even when we used to play football against him, like I always felt like the Dunboyne, Retote, like Dunshockland, Summerhill, all those teams would be like rel- not like happy go lucky or not like. They're all good teams, like tough lads. But like when you got down to the north to me, like there were just like angry, hairy men. Yeah. Like beating Shorty. the shit out of it. Yeah, sturdy, <laughs> yeah. Like totally drinking pints of Guinness since they were thirteen. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the only way to do it. <laughs> no, it's it's bizarre. I think it's so funny you've the difference between like where you're from and I'm from me. Because like, even our yeah, our accents are so different. Mm. I just find that you have that in every county, essentially. I just love how in such a small space, there is such a variety of accents mm. possible. I think that's why when when like you, you hear non-Irish people doing Irish accents, they fuck it up so badly because yeah. they're like, like there's there's no such thing as an Irish accent. Like there's a there's a Dublin accent, there's a Mead accent, there's a there's a Donegal, Cork, yeah, and and then as you said, like there's a North Mead accent, like then there, there's North and South Dublin even, you know, like there's totally yeah. But I think when people from outside Ireland try to do like. I was going to say, trying to do knobber accents. I was like, what? Uh, when they're trying to do Irish accents, they go straight for the stereotype leprechaun thing. And mm-hmm. it's like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like, rough. Do a bit of research, you know? A bit of research, yeah. lads. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, here we go. Next out the gate, we have number 10. Do you have it? I don't. No worries. Number 10. The question is, do you have a favourite quote? A favourite quote? Oh, God. Um, I'm kind of thinking of my granddad's on there now. But, yeah. um... Jesus. Not that's going to mind. Anything from the film Anchorman. Mm. Pretty much. Just anything Will Ferrell or Steve Carell says in that film is pretty much 
yeah my life in terms of comedy like what are your, like is it that sort of stuff your your influences like that kind of like that, that like that I don't want to I, I mean this in a in a complimentary way but like that's a pretty silly like American comedy like yeah. is it that sort of stuff that you're drawn to no no uh, I like I don't know where to begin in terms of comedy what I would like but like Bo Burnham I just think is just perfect in terms of like well I mean that guy's just a genius like he can do everything from singing writing songs like and he's just a performer more so than even a comedian but no I'd prefer like kind of observational comedy Mm. Uh, I just love the ridiculousness of Anchorman and it's something that I've literally been watching since I was like 14 and it's just kind of a part of me so yeah any quote from that or Father Ted would really be like you know Mm. Two points, two lovely points, or now to write Mrs. O'Reilly, or literally anything from Father Ted would be my favorite quote. <laughs> do you think, uh, from the perspective of your like parents or your 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 two brothers and sisters or anything like that? One brother, right? Like from their perspective, like people who know you really well from when you were young. Does it make sense that you're like in comedy now that you work as a comedian and that you work for like a comedy site and all that? I actually don't think so. Like. It's a, it's a weird one because like my parents I'd be very quiet at home because like my I have one older brother but he lives in Manchester now so it's kind of like almost being an only child when I go home with the weekends mm. and I wouldn't be as outrageous or saying you know as weird things as I would uh, to my parents you know I wouldn't be telling them about going out and shifting and the whole lot you know mm-hmm. um, but they as well like they'd be very reserved uh, so I think they were kind of yeah like they supported me going into media, but we're kind of like, is it really going to be a stable job? Um, my mates would be at home, yeah. Like, I was always, you know, when I think back to me in primary school, um, we had this, like, competition, and uh, we got to make a short film. And that was kind of my first introduction. We got, like, sent all the equipment, like, video cameras and that. And we kind of wrote a little uh, video we made, and I filmed it and edited it. And it was then like our primary school teacher, his brother worked as an editor and he saw it and he was like, who filmed and edited this? And he was like, that person has a good eye for it. So I blame my primary school teacher, the, re- the reason I ended up going into media, because that really was what cat- was the catalyst, really. Uh, I ended up buying then a camera myself at Christmas, a video camera, and just spent all my summers making weird videos God. and would show them then to friends and they'd be like, that is gas yeah do you yeah. still have any of the videos oh I do and I love watching like they're so cringely bad like oh my god I have like a YouTube from when I was 13 and I should really delete it but I can't because it's just I just have to laugh at myself um, cannot wait to get home oh it's me juggling in a waistcoat and a Man United jersey and tracky bottoms and uh, yeah it's a real roller coaster. it's yeah <laughs> so yeah no friends probably would but I'd say my parents or my brother would be a bit like ah she could have done something else I don't think it's the weirdest thing that I would enter but they probably could have seen me being a teacher or something Is it difficult for you to reconcile like yourself now in Dublin and like what you do for work and all that sort of stuff with who your parents know and what they might associate with you like do you ever cringe at the idea of them like watching your videos or actually I remember I remember you had an Instagram up about your your parents going to see you in the Vodafone Comedy Festival and I think you were talking you had a joke about (laughs) bulimia or something like that and and oh like that was the first time and the last time they will ever see me because like my opening joke is about my boyfriend's dick so I was like because my parents would be totally like 
mm, not into that. Uh, so that was insane that they were at it. And I was dreading them coming because my set is so dirty. And yeah, then talking about bulimia and personal stuff that I was kind of concerned with. They'd be like, Jesus, she shares so much of her life. Mm. And, you know, they were like very proud of me afterwards and said they enjoyed it. Uh, didn't really get into the whole set we didn't you know dissect it but uh yeah no that was that was a fear of mine and i i do i yeah the idea of them seeing kind of my comedy stuff i just feel like they won't get it and i kind of feel like i always want to make them proud and i feel like the stuff i'm doing sometimes they're maybe like right (laughs) but they they don't understand like if you ask my father what does justine do uh, i'd be like she works at computers because like you know my father wouldn't know memes or photoshop or things like that so they won't have a lot of knowledge thankfully because i'm so glad my parents aren't on facebook um it saved me a lot of cringy comments under photos and having to delete a lot of albums of justine locked on a night out so what about what about how do you then balance that with like like a, a boyfriend then and, and making jokes about his dick as you said like is <laughs> like you're like yeah, so much worse than here yeah. back to, like how does he feel about that it's uh, is it some of it is like um maybe i'd talk about like exes or people that maybe i wouldn't name people so people could maybe think of like i bet she's talking about him but I will never reveal that and they'll never know. Right, right, So I kind of keep it, yeah, names have been changed for, yeah, privacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's such a weird thing, isn't it? Like that line, like, um, of of what you can, of like when it it gets too much. Like, it's really interesting, like when you're writing the stuff and you're like, you know, because it's really helpful for you to have like, you know, the person in mind. But then, as you said, but th- th- there's something about it when you change the name, right, for me. And I'm sure it's only for me, but like it automatically fe- and you have to do that because you have to protect like, you know, people around you because mm. like they didn't you, you signed up to do comedy. Yes, they didn't. They, did. yeah. they didn't sign up to be the subject of it. You know what I mean? But like at the same time, then like it, it, it's amazing how it, it automatically just is like, well, it's a little less real for me now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of people do that thing of like, well, I'm not going to, let's not call him James. Let's call him Schlames, you know. Uh, I wouldn't do that. But uh, I remember the first time I did do it in comedy, I did do stand-up. I was talking about people. I didn't change the names. And I just felt it was more real and I wanted to be honest. And then afterwards, I was like, what you just said of like, well, I signed up to do comedy, but these people didn't. And thankfully, they're not, they wouldn't give a fact, like they didn't care. But uh I kind of actually, after that I was conscious of like okay just be a bit more careful for the sake of like yeah you want to be doing comedy but you know your mates might not want to be or whoever you're talking about so um yeah yeah I always think it's so funny when you see that like with with, with comedians and they talk about their kids because like their kids it's it's obvious like who your dad is or who your mom is you know what I mean like especially to their school friends so like it's really obvious that they're making jokes about their kids and they have like one or two kids you know <laughs> it's one of them that like shat themselves you know yeah, what I mean or whatever it is yeah like they have to grow up and know then that you know everyone knows they shat themselves yeah yeah. I mean we've all shat ourselves everybody poops Tom yeah they everybody do everybody poops yeah, our, yeah that's that's an interesting thing <laughs> <laughs> because I mean we do it all the time I I I, uh, I, I remember um, like I used to be really embarrassed about about that I can't even say it about, about that pooping. yeah 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 wow. Yeah, I thought you won't it, even say it. Yeah, wow. no, I'm probably still scared. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was like 
disgusting. I thought I was the only one to do. And I remember my parents having like sit me down and, and like the way they framed it, the way they tried to make me feel better about pooping was saying, I can't say, like that feels so Fantastic. weird to me. And they would have said, they were like, even the president poops. And it was Mary McAleese at the time. And like that was meant to make me feel better. And I was just like, nope, don't care. Still don't want to do it. Yeah, Aaron edited all this out. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh, that should be a book. Even the President Poops by Tom Moore. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, I remember that's it. That's such a like parenty or relative thing to say, though, because I remember my brother farted uh, at a family gathering and he ran off really embarrassed. And my granddad was like, it could happen the Pope. And you're like, okay, I don't know if the Pope would be here with us at our family gathering, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love it. Right, let's give it a spin. <laughs> There's my oh, new favourite quote, Jesus. even the president. <laughs> Courtesy of Paddy Moran, I believe. <laughs> All right, uh, number 47, do you have it? I don't. All right, what do you think people's first impressions of you are? Oh, God. That's a good one. Mm. Um, I They're suppose good, it depends. <laughs> they are. Um, they. I suppose it depends who the person is, as in... Am I meeting them in a work setting or environment or am I meeting them on a night out environment? Because So that's interesting. Do you feel like they're different? I yeah. Okay. I definitely feel um So let's I say a night out. Okay. Uh I would say great. Uh, good crack like. Yeah. Uh, like you demoted it there, you're like Yeah, Wah. I was like, Well, I can be very drunk, so I'm probably a bit annoying. <laughs> so that's where we got demoted. Um I'd say they think I'm a bit of crack. Um and yeah like it's hard to know because the whole overthinking thing goes into my head then of like was it actually was it actually a good crack there or just wrecking their heads um that's probably what i would think on a night out uh, so what you, you like how does the overthinking work with like hangovers or if you've drank too much and like you don't remember stuff like do you get the fear about that because i can only imagine like if i drink too much and like I don't remember something like I, that's a real fucking anxiety inducer. Oh yeah, I mean, I woke up one morning and had a text, um, just saying, "Hello, this is Louise from last night. Just wondering, are you still interested in buying my hamster?" <laughs> so I mean, I don't know, and I don't remember this, so I don't know at what point I decided that I wanted to buy a hamster on a night out because one, I don't like hamsters, and two, who tries to sell a hamster on a night out? These are both excellent questions. Yeah, and I want answers because, like, I didn't bloody text back, and then she rang me three times, and I. How much were you offering for this hamster? God only knows. Like, I really don't understand, and I never will. And yeah, I thought about that a lot. That really got to me. That one. Um, But other than that, yeah, like I would get the fear bad mm. especially when like people are like oh saw you're out the weekend i was like you did because i didn't know and uh they'd be like oh there was there was pictures on facebook I'm like okay I, I didn't see those so that then concerns you like who was taking pictures and where were we and what is going on um yeah that would be a big part of it just more so the fear of what did i say to people that's the main one you're kind of like who did i annoy or was i wrecking their head and oh my god i was I talking to them? What did I say? The fear of not remembering what you said just is terrifying. What What about when you're in a work setting? I think people would just think I'm nice or maybe quiet, actually. Uh, I get... Because in a work setting, I, that's the thing of overthinking where I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to be annoying or I don't want to annoy anyone. Like, I get kind of very anxious in terms of even nearly 
being afraid to make eye contact at times where I'm like, oh God, I just don't want to annoy anyone. I just want to get my work done and keep my head down and not annoy anyone. Uh, so I, yeah, I think it's very different because then I don't know, like when I'm in a social setting and I'm with friends and I feel comfortable and I feel like, you know, people aren't really judging me because I just feel like everyone's, I don't know. I'm always overthinking of like, what are people thinking? But uh, I feel more loose. Maybe it's because I've had a drink too uh, that I just feel a bit more relaxed. Mm. Like, feck, I don't care what I say. Um, And I will buy that hamster. I don't care who knows, you know. So <laughs> that's probably what I'd say people's first impressions are. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good answer. Yeah. I just think it's the whole thing. I definitely feel I'm a different person around different people so I, I feel it's different opinions well yeah as in like as someone who met you about an hour ago less maybe mm. um, like it, I was I, I thought that was interesting as well because as in y- y- like we were talking about um, like following someone's social media and having that illusion that you know them because um, I would have followed you for a good while and then like you do the try videos that we both do or whatever mm. so you like see, you, you, yes, end up yeah. see, you end up seeing like someone being gas like a good bit and then you're like oh yeah I know them and I know their sense of humour and I know like what they sound like and y- you feel like you know their cadence or whatever What? oh yeah you, you feel like you know someone it's so it's mental yeah it, no it is And but even it's funny because even what you were saying I feel like uh, look I'm this is basic bitch psychology now here but I feel like I've seen those both sides already because even we met outside and it's lovely and very polite and everything but then even as they come up the stairs and I'm fucking around with locks and stuff and then it like moves into like more of a social thing because like oh yeah. we're going to get on and it's going to be grand yeah absolutely but yeah no it's constantly in my head I don't know I bloody overthink too much of like oh god is this the way I should be acting in this environment or like you know and I I, I bloody love people who and I see like people in work are just people that like don't really care and they'll do what they want and be confident about it. I'm like, bloody hell, I love that now. I wish I could stop overthinking and just bloody go with it. Mm. Yeah, it's mm. mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, it's good. <laughs> right, let's give another spin. All right, here we go. Number six. Do you have it? I don't. No worries. Number six. The question is, if you couldn't do what you're doing right now, what career would you do? Oh, God. Um... I don't know, like I suppose the whole thing we were talking about earlier is that I did uh, film and broadcast in college and my parents were kind of always like, oh, media, will it be a steady job? And I am terrible at making decisions. So I was kind of back and forth, like, should I do something else? And they were like, primary school teaching and I had the points to do that. And so I was in second year of film and broadcasting and the way you don't have to pay your fees until the 31st, 31st of October, I reapplied on the CAO and was in first year registered in doing primary school teaching. And so I did two courses at the one time up until 31st of October. So that was a bit mad. Uh, so I kind of feel like that's how much I overthink that I was like, did I make the right decision? Okay, here's what I need to do. I need to do an entirely different course and see then which was the better option. And then that made even more problems because then how did I decide now I had two things and I had to try and decide one um, so I did enjoy doing the lectures but it was definitely far more tougher course but I, I probably feel I'd be doing either primary school teaching or home ec teaching or yeah one of those because I used to work in summer camps uh, when I was growing up like in doing summer jobs in college and I loved it I love working with kids uh, primary school kids I prefer I think than because secondary school, you know, they can give you back a bit of abuse, like, mm. they throw the slags back. Whereas with little kids, like, you can talk about Santa and you can tell them 
everything you want and they're just like wow it's the number eight and you're like you're fascinated by a number like wow <laughs> and, and have you ever like you just been said about santa has anything like that ever happened like as a kid ever like discovered that santa isn't real or any like have you ever had like a, a, a have, you, have you ever caused a child's childhood to shatter before your eyes oh wow uh probably unknowns to me but no not at the summer camps around that i was working at like that um generally all a bit of crack like i mean there was one boy one i don't know this moved me so much of i would work with the kids and we'd have a week-long kind of they would be there and come the end of it there was one boy it was like a mixed school but he kind of we were walking and part of it is you do like water activities and they were all going to change rooms afterwards and he was kind of saying to me he just was like i kind of feel like i should be in the girls changing rooms i don't feel i belong with the boys and it was, I was just blown away that this kid was telling me these things. And I, I felt privileged, really, that I was the one he was talking to about it. And I just, that was kind of uh, one thing that happened. Um, so, no, I don't think I shattered any childhood dreams for any kids, though, yet. I mean. No, that's so lovely that he <laughs> trusted you to yeah, say that. And it, yeah, we had a big conversation about it. And I think, you know, at the end of the the week I bloody was nearly in tears because the whole kids from the class were like we feel we got the best leader and we they like got me a present I got them all little animal bars as well and I had little awards for them because I'm a freak but uh I yeah I really like working with kids and, and what 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 did you what how did you handle that situation with the little boy who felt like he was in the wrong training room yeah like we just talked about like you know it's it's okay to feel that way and that's something that you know as you get older maybe that will become more if you keep feeling that way it's okay and you should talk with your parents about this and you shouldn't be ashamed of it and that was really what went away from like he was only 10 Mm. i think back to his primary school he was sixth class so i mean yeah it was i still think that's one of the moments that really stood out to me from working there and that i really enjoyed working with kids and the fact that you can have such an impact on a young child like that and they really look up to you and like they feel that they can trust you saying these things and they really want your opinion mm. and I think back to when I was that age and I really idolised my teachers I was like these they're pretty you know did you ever see your teacher outside of school like you'd see them in the supermarket and that was like fucking mind blown it was like parallel universe shit and I just think back to that's how the level that I used to look at my teachers of like they're like fucking the president uh, they poop too <laughs> Um, what? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? This is Gleason. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I just feel like it, I don't think I think a lot of people do teaching because it's a handy job, and they think, oh, class holidays, and a lot of people do it for that reason. I think just because you can be a teacher doesn't mean you should be. And yeah, I'd like to think if I did do teaching, I would be doing it for the right reasons. Mm. So that's probably what I'd be doing if I wasn't doing media. Mm. I think yeah mm. yeah 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 or making cakes I love making cakes do you bake yeah I do yeah just like what do you bring today <laughs> um, fucking apple tart over here <laughs> yeah just apples um, <laughs> I would do like just funny cakes like I made my own 21st birthday cake which is a bit sad but I knew a shop wouldn't do because I wanted to do the Father Ted jumper cake thing so um, we kind of messed around with different size jumpers and then put it into the main cake and I then had like there's cocaine in it 
one of the best Father Ted quotes and then made a little Father Ted and Father Dougal and had them on the cake as well. Um, and then I do, I just like making funny cakes mm. for, yeah, and so I'd, I'd probably be doing that yeah. on the side as well. I mean, it's a, it's a well-known fact that uh, cakes are the, the equivalent to like baked goods for memes. Of course. You know. This is it. A well-known fact. Absolutely. Yeah, great. <laughs> Irish Bake Off. Here we come. <laughs> yeah, th- 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 there's got to be an RT spin off <laughs> down the line of that. I actually wrote like a sketch. It was called The Great Irish Wake Off and did a piss take on that. That was a lot of fun. It was two families going head to head for the best Irish funeral. That is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, I want to see that. That's great. Yeah. I love that. All right, here we go. Next one at the gate, we have number 40. Do you have it? Oh, I don't. I got nothing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're just fucking with you. Uh, number 40. Uh, if you weren't the nationality you are, what nationality would you choose to be? Wow. I would... Oh, God. I would like... Okay, I'm down to two, and it is either French or... Oh, God. Would I like to be American? I don't know. I feel... Is that weird that I say that? I don't know. No, I, uh, that, that was my answer. Yeah. Have you actually played? Have you like? Has someone ever played with you? Yes. Bingo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Let me finish that full <laughs> sentence there. <laughs> if you if you want to ask, just ask. Yeah. Just yeah. To, um, yeah. 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 I, I played uh, we on the fiftieth episode. Um, oh wow! Do you know what's really interesting about it? Like statistically, it's one of the least listened to episodes, oh, which is so interesting. Like, is in I I don't even that I don't even take that as as and I just find that really interesting because just means that like people really do come for the guests which is amazing like that's the whole point of it but uh, yeah and it's 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 a I mean I, I was doing it so it's always hard to judge but I, I don't normally listen back but I listen back to the one I played and uh, yeah it's perfectly good I don't think I said anything like offensive like, pe- yeah. people should go back and fucking listen <laughs> it's because um, you're such a good host though I think <laughs> I, no but I'm being serious I think you're very you put people at ease oh good thank mm. you oh thank you that's yeah. nice that's yeah. sweet that's sweet what, what did I fucking ask you oh about the nationality thing yes French or American yeah I mean so so let's go to the pros and cons. So Americans, what are, you, what are you going for there? What's your thinking behind that choice? I just, I was in America once and I would just love to go back and I would like the ability to live there without needing, you know, a visa or a green card. That's really what it's coming down to here. That's why we're going with American. Um, Where did you live in America? I didn't live. I was just visiting. I have cousins that live out there. Pardon so um, it was Chicago. I lived there. Oh, I knew you'd be stunning. a Chicago person. Absolutely. Windy City. Here yeah, we come. It was oh. amazing. How did you do J1? Uh, I did. I did like a, a kind of a scholarship when I was in college, like um, for acting. Oh, um, wow. And got to like go over and, and study there and like do the improv in Second City and everything. It was amazing. Um, and then I did the J1. I stayed on. So I was there for like nearly 10 months. Yeah. It was amazing. Oh, no, totally. Like, Honestly, I would go back just for free refills. Like, that's the basic level we're dealing with here. It's the little things, and I really, really value free refills. Mm. Um, I remember that was really weird. We went to a restaurant, and it was uh, Applebee's. Is that right? Of course it was fucking Applebee's. <laughs> I never even copped that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God, my life. Here, I'm using the green microphone here, would you rather? Actually, no, you've got the red one for, yeah, uh, no, for I... Pink Lady, so... Interesting fact, I don't really like green apples. Oh my God, so yeah. it's just pure red apples. Pure red, yeah. Mm. But um, went to Applebee's and for some reason on that day, it was pay what you weigh, which was really, really, really weird because I was 11 years old, but I was a very overweight child and I was there with my cousin who was a stick and it was really sad because she weighed like, I don't know, 
60 pounds and was paying 60 pence then or pound what cents mm. literally for her meal and mine was a lot more than that and it was like this is it was so weird to be like being put in that like weight shaming in a bloody restaurant I was like what it was weird mm. so I didn't like that aspect but I don't think that's America that was just my once off experience of Applebee's yeah but I would love to go to New York just for the comedy scene just to go to the comedy cellar mm. um, and pretty much just live there yeah I just found out I don't. I actually don't know if I can say. Oh fuck! It doesn't matter. I won't say what it's for. I just found I got getting to go to New York after Christmas for a, like a, a job, like only wow. for a week, like just for. A, but I was like, that is fucking perfect. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really want to go back now. Um, and I just want to go to Broadway as well. Yeah. I just. Uh, yeah, I'd really like to go back to America, even just for all the food brands that we don't have here. Mm-hmm. Like it's just. Again, I'm going to go back to the free refills, but I think it's important to emphasize. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ireland needs more free refills in places. Well, I think you get them in Subway. Yes. I never eat in Subway. No. I, like, I, I, you, I was also a very fat child mm, and, yeah. and teenager. Oh, yeah. What do you think about that? What What are your feelings about that now? As like now you're like in great shape, if you don't mind me saying. Oh, no. um, so like, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like it's in like, uh, it is really, it's really interesting that journey like do you still feel like scarred from it or are very conscious of it or yeah it's a it's pretty it's been a long journey I suppose because um yeah when I went into secondary school like I was age 12 and 12 stone and I was bullied um and I look back on it now because if it's probably one of the biggest regrets I have and I suppose because you're you're such a young age you're still not really fully aware of what's going on and you just want to be accepted and you know you don't want to stand out and it's one of my biggest regrets that I really got to me that much that I wanted to change myself and I had in my head of like people would like me it's it's because I'm fat that's why they don't like me and I look back at it now and it was totally just lads being lads who just wanted to be f- who wanted to fit in themselves oh and it, were was, trying it was guys to, that were bullying yeah me. yeah like Whoa. they would yeah they'd be very like taking the piss out of like oh John you fancy Justine don't you haha <laughs> because like as if he'd fancy me kind of a thing oh. and yeah a lot of teasing like that kind of thing but I look I'm still I wouldn't not talk to those guys now and I see like I understand they were just trying to fit in themselves mm-hmm. really they were trying to be one of the lads and I think at that age it's kind of I think it's funny that when you were in secondary school everyone just wants to fit in and be accepted and then it's as if you leave secondary school and you're in college and no one wants to be the same. It's like everyone wants to be different and unique and I find it just hilarious looking back on it now. So I do regret because I started dieting and then it turned into anorexia and like, yeah, I mean, at the start of that summer, first year, I was 12 and a half, 13 stone and went down to six and a half stone in two months and then ended up in hospital, you know, and it was insane looking back now and it, it really had a massive effect on me Um, in terms of going back to school even I think people in school were kind of shocked of just how how much it had got to me and I just always had that feeling of wanting to be accepted and I think it's still an issue I have today of I think it goes back to that bullying of thinking that I'm not people don't like me I don't know it, it, it still has an impact on me today so um yeah like it was always it's, it's been an issue ever since really my weight in terms of like I I suffered bulimia after anorexia then because the whole thing was that oh people like to see me eating now again they're happy because I'm eating so I'll just keep eating 
and then that was a vicious cycle as well um so it was always just a case of trying to please other people and wanting to be liked or accepted and yeah it's it's one of the biggest regrets i have though because if i'd have just not done anything it absolutely would like the same as yourself it's puppy fat really like and it you grow up and you'll you're gonna lose it like almost certainly so if i'd have just been able to just stick it out i know i wouldn't have needed to diet or be so extreme about it yeah i know it, it's so like it, it's so sorry i don't want to like say sad because that's like disempowering you or something but it, when you when you think back about like your poor little teenage self and like all you were trying to do when you were doing that was just protect yourself because like the pain of getting bullied was that bad yeah that you'd like you were willing to hurt your body to not feel that emotional pain yeah that was it and i just think it just kind of caused more pain in the in the long run really for me like and it, it was just the thing of why i think everyone at that age though it's just everyone wants to just accepted and I just felt that was the reason I wasn't and it was you know you're, you're a young age and you don't know and you're just trying to do what you think is going to make things better and make that pain go away um, Can I ask you a weird question now? Uh, it's not it's not weird it's just what is your relationship to like l- like seeing yourself on camera now or like seeing yourself even in the mirror or in like car windows and stuff because like I don't think I had I don't think I had an eating disorder. I, in in fact, I didn't. But I definitely had like a lot of like I'd say body dysmorphia and like a lot of uh, just and like body issues. Like yeah. and it's it, it again. It's it's I I know I want to compare it to to what happened to you or what you went through. But like even now today, like I I really have to keep an eye on it because like yeah. And even I say keep an eye on. It, I don't know what the fuck that means because like I it's actually just a daily yeah thing. But I think it's just that. F- well, I don't know if for you if it's a fear, but like I would be very much the same. Well, I it's I don't think my relationship with food will ever be one hundred percent normal mm. again. And even the thing with the apples, I suppose, is it was always one of the kind of safe foods for me in terms of I didn't feel bad eating it or wouldn't play in my head as much as uh, you know other things. But uh, I do I get what you're saying about the whole body dysmorphia thing because I definitely have a distorted view of myself because even I see myself in the mirror and I still there's days where I still think I'm fat I, I look at myself and I I see fat and then I do a piece safer work and I'm looking back at the footage and I'm, it's because it's shot at a different angle I'm like Jesus I'm not fat like it's so weird then you see it and it's like people trying to tell you like yeah you're not like what are you talking about and it's it's very distorted but I'd be the very same as you like I always kind of feel I have to keep an eye on it and I suppose it's that fear if I don't want to go back to what I went through when I was 13 mm-hmm. how does it affect like things like in relationships and like romantically and in terms oh, of yeah. is it is that tricky like just the intimacy of oh like as in it's such a bloody problem for me in any relationship I've been in it's such an issue for like going for meals like even when I was recovering from anorexia it was so difficult to try and meet up with friends because it's always nine times out of ten going to be at a social or bloody at a restaurant or you're going to get food and even like we'd be going for McDonald's and I'm literally there going to my mind of what can I fucking get that they're not gonna be silently judging me uh, or thinking that I'm not eating because I am eating I just don't want to eat that and like I'd be there getting a bloody carrot stick at McDonald's and like my mates are like what the fuck like just get a Big Mac you know but I that would cause me so much anxiety I couldn't like even if I had one bite it would play in my mind all day um 
And so, yeah, that, that still is a massive because, like, again, I don't know why, but Chinese for me is a safe food and I bloody love it. I could eat like certain d- dishes, not like everything, but that would be nine times out of ten what I want to go for in a relationship if they want to go for food and they're like, for fuck's sake, just eat. Like, can we go somewhere else? But like, I freak out if I'm going to like a like a fancy restaurant as in somewhere where it's not you don't know what's on the menu like say you go to like a chain like Ellie Rockets you know what's going to be on the menu and you know there's something you can get but when I go somewhere that I don't know in advance I start freaking out of like is there going to be something that I can eat and not feel terrified or start panicking and that's that's all that's it annoys me that's such an issue but it is yeah I wish I could I wish I could be okay with it but it's just always I mean it's fine I, I can deal with it but I just hate the idea of being with someone and then making them uncomfortable because they're like, oh, God, I wanted to bring you somewhere lovely. And here we are and you can't eat. And then it's like, oh, God. OK, this is really interesting. <laughs> sorry, I, sorry I, I know we no, should be spinning, I... but d- 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 so I had this terrible thing. This is one of the things, you know, the way you said one of the things you're least proud of is about like how in the way in which you felt you had to change yourself. Yeah. Right. One of the things I'm least proud of about myself is after the fact of like, losing a lot of that weight or whatever I had so much shame about it myself that like I really 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 had this terrible thing where like I would project that onto other people so like people who did have weight on them and who were totally fine with it like that made me uncomfortable like not not Jesus I'd never say anything to anyone but for example like there was a long time where like I would just I would not have been able to get into like I would never have fancied someone who was in any way overweight because because it te- like because it, I saw something that I was afraid of of going back to it okay, and someone else. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Did did you ever have anything like that or was it much more internal for you? Far more internal. Like when I think back to when I was anorexic, like you feel so in control and it's like you were controlling your life right now. And if then it was competitive, like if someone else, say you were with someone and they weren't eating or they didn't eat the half of their burger, you're like, I'm going to only going to eat a quarter then because I have to be better. I have to be eating less than you. And I would look at it that way. If if someone was eating a load, I'd actually love that. Cause I was like, okay, I'm I'm eating less than you. This is great. I it was so messed up. And, and so, what does the that. day? What what what's the day look like when you? are caught or like someone is like Justine this is a real problem or like was that was that a thing where a friend or a parent or something had to like sit you down and be like this is out of control or is it a thing where you actively went and sought help no I it was you know over that summer um, it was a weird time because my brother was he'd actually left the country he was out volunteering in Zambia and I suppose we'd always spent our summers together so I was entirely alone and we were building an extension on our house so it meant that it was the boom time and uh, it meant so that our kitchen was gone so I kind of got away with not eating because we were kind of using the microwave and stuff but I would get away with it and that's how it kind of started and then you'd just stop slowly eating different things and then it was comments start to come from like my parents or like friends or family being like Jesus you lo-. like as it started as a compliment because it was people like Jesus you've lost weight you're looking great and you kind of, I loved that mm. uh, because I, it was feeding into the whole thing of like, okay, people are liking me now because I'm losing the weight. Um, and so it just kept going and it became like, out of control, it was an addiction really like this. But you had to constantly be eating less. It was so competitive of like, 
or anyone that you were with you had to be eating less and it reached a point then I think I was in denial for a long time and my parents were saying to me like this is insane you're losing way too much weight and I did not want help I didn't want to get better at all and then I was in the bathroom one day and my mother came in and saw me and just was like you're you're like a skeleton and it was a real that was that moment because she broke down very upset about it naturally Mm. and like they were trying to help me and I just didn't want to help myself because he, like, it's a disease and you don't see it. You don't. And I look back photos now. I'm like, is that how I looked? Like, I can't believe it that I was skin and bone. I, I did not see that at the time. I think that's what anyone. I don't I can't speak for everyone that has the illness, but like I did not see that. I just saw fat. Even when I was six and a half stone, I was fat and I did not see what was actually there. So I think that's still there today. I don't see the real picture, but no, it was. I was very much brought against my own will to get help. And where are you brought to? Like, what? What's the actual process of of of, of getting better? Yeah, well, we went to the GP, and the GP then referred to adolescent services. I went to St Pat's, and they have an inpatient. It's kind of like for adolescents, but it was specifically for eating disorders. And then you're dealing with a psychologist, um, who dealt with eating disorders, and a dietitian, and then you were kind of put in like an area with other people who suffer from eating disorders and you kind of depends on how severe you are um that they kind of work out how long you're going to be staying for i mean there were people in there who'd been in for months and there were people who relapsed who had gotten out and came back in and it was even because when i went in i didn't want to get better and it was sad looking back on it now because there was two other girls that I would speak to who were the exact same as me who were like, I'm just doing this to get off, to get up enough weight to get back out. And then I'm going straight back to what I was doing. So it was vicious until you finally accept that you need to put on, you need to get better, that this isn't good. You're not healthy right now. Um, it's very hard to try and get better. And is that, so is the process of that, is it, a mixture of like the physical stuff with like doctors and dietitians and is there also because like like so much of it is the mental Men- side of yeah, it yeah like because my weight had actually gotten that low like the normal process would be to d- determine why you stopped eating to begin with why this started but because my weight was that low they didn't have that option it had to be you need to be force fed and I think that's where the biggest issue was for me because that was so against I just wanted people to know because I'd never really opened up about why any of it ha- happened and I just felt like then it didn't matter that people didn't care and that was the whole issue then for me of like they don't care they just want me to eat and this isn't what I want to do but then when I put on enough weight they started obviously delve into the reasons why I'd stopped eating but that is the normal process to you know you talk to psychologists and then you get a plan with a dietitian, and it was very like you were observed pretty much 24-7 in there. Like, there was no locks on the bathrooms um, because they were really... They're trying to help, you know. But, you know, you'd have to sit with psychologists after you eat for an hour minimum um, just to make sure that you weren't going to go and get sick. And, like, the things... like It's crazy just how intense, I guess. Like, there was a girl who had anorexia but had diabetes and would, like, water down her insulin to that extent of, like, I can't have calories. That's the thing helping her... She couldn't even keep having her stay bloody alive like she couldn't even have 
it's just looking back now it's it's so long ago it just feels insane that that was ever I don't know how I kept going like mm-hmm. I would get up at half four in the morning to go running because my parents won't know then and I'd have ice cold baths because it would help lower your body temperature and you burn calories trying to keep a body temperature this it it was it took over your life like yeah it's insane wow wow mm. wow wow well let's give another spin <laughs> yeah yeah I know yeah so I just I just it's so it, it, it's so interesting to me I think yeah. and it, it like and I don't mean this I don't mean this in a fucking like like I uh, like oh this is an important conversation but like you don't hear people talk about that actually yeah and so I suppose it is in that sense like it's really refreshing like thanks for speaking so honestly about because no yeah but I think because I do think people look at it of like you put on the weight you must be better now but there's so many issues that are still there that need to be dealt with mm-hmm. you know like. yeah like is that a fear like is that an, an honest to god fear like can you envisage like a, a, a relapse I suppose well I I would struggle still with food now yeah and um, there's so many foods i just cannot eat at all because if i do it's just going to play on my head um and then because i suffer with bulimia uh after having anorexia that would be a big issue of like i would just get sick if i was eating things that i didn't feel comfortable with and what are they like if i was eating junk food really yeah most junk foods there's again one or two safe foods that i'm like i can have that and i won't feel bad mm. um but like even yeah like for a long time i wouldn't drink because of calories like and maybe i should never start start drinking but uh yeah it's it's just i think there's a big misconception of you put back on weight you're better and it goes so much deeper than that like mm. even after i'd put back on all the weight i lost like a lot of my hair fell out because you're that badly malnourished that it starts affecting your body and um i had to get my hair cut short then and like recovery from anorexia was well over a year before I was even physically back to normal uh, and then it still scared me really yeah 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 well, well, yeah, yeah 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 we are getting deep <laughs> we got deep um, alright this better be a fun question <laughs> number 55 do you have it I don't oh no that would have been nice oh well this is kind of fun you can put a fun twist on it if you want but it's so related to what we just spoken about. I can't oh, no. help but see the parallel. If you could give twelve-year-old you some advice, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be it. Of just twelve-year-old me, yeah, it, that was exact age. So I mean, it would be just to ride the wave out because I know I did not need to lose start eating. I didn't need to start eating, and I did it to try and speed up the process of losing weight. And if I had not done that. I wouldn't have had to deal with so many complications mm-hmm. down the line because even it it's affects me every single day the anorexia that I suffered from like it has had an impact on me even there's so many occasions I just haven't gone to because I know I won't feel comfortable um, and that's something that's really affected me so if I'd have just not done that um, I think I'd yeah I've saved myself a lot of hardship where did you learn to diet? Um, I think I was just making up the rules as I went. Like yeah. you just, you make up this your own set of rules of like, okay, you can't now have bread at all. And I suppose, yeah, like I did start finding diet books in the library and would read. 
and got very much into calories and could rhyme off still today the calories and almost anything yeah me and too isn't yeah, that funny yeah it's it's crazy how much it sticks with you mm. and not in a good way because like i can't sometimes it fully enjoy myself in a restaurant because i'm like well that's 200 calories you just had you know it, it takes out the moment <sighs> that would be my advice for 12 year olds yeah. just please don't start dieting please just know it's going to get better they're only bullying you to try and fit in themselves and you don't need to do this mm. especially when i was born um they measured my legs i don't know is that, is that a thing they do no but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was wrong with you <laughs> they were like oh she's really long legs she's going to be really tall and they said i'd be like 510 and the reason I'm not uh is because I stopped eating at the like time when girls get a growth spurt so I basically malnourished myself at that age so I never got to grow and that's why I'm not tall or today I mean I'm not short mm. but I'm 56 but would you like to be 510 I would bloody love it would I you? would love it oh I always like especially you could carry your weight so much more I was like te- like one of my best friends Daryl he's like six foot bloody fucking ridiculous and uh, he can just eat and eat and he never gains weight and like he he struggles to bloody put on weight and I'm like oh, yeah. I hate those people I know. so much and, and that's not fair because a lot of no. the time they want they want to put on weight yeah. but it, it's very hard when you hear that and, and you're like oh my god I have to think about it so much yeah and he was like lads I gained two pounds and I was like did you just not take a shit this morning because like <laughs> can we not talk about that please <laughs> triggered <laughs> <laughs> right let's give it a go uh number 15 do you have it i don't all right no worries number 15 what are your memories of 9 11 whoa um, all the cheery things for you justine yeah. yeah i just remember being in primary school and not really understanding just knowing there was just a like mood change and going home that day and it just you just felt there was this something bad had happened but I didn't understand it I don't even know I must have been nine yeah. I'd say um, and I just didn't understand and it wasn't fully explained to me or it wasn't explained to us really in school you just felt this kind of yeah like as if something really bad had happened mm. um, that's really the memories I just being confused I didn't understand and when it was explained to me just not understanding how someone how that could happen mm-hmm. what well, what are the moments like you, you know the, the way they say that thing of like everyone remembers where they were when, when 9-11 happened and, and that kind of thing what, what are the other moments that that are like that for you that you remember really distinctly um wow Really, like as in world events. I I guess, or or I mean, or personal. Like I'm, I was just trying to think. Like I remember where I was when I found out Michael Jackson died. Oh yeah, I remember that. I was at home. Yeah, and I remember they just kept saying, it was on Sky News, and they were like, "This is probably a bad thing to say," but like they were like, "Stay with us for more live updates," and I was like, "He's dead." I don't know what the next update. He's still gonna be dead. Yeah, but I remember being at home for that. Mm. That It's it's just it's it's amazing like those moments where the world just just kind of stands still and goes oh this is like huge yeah like this is this is really like the the, the biggest thing that could happen mm. you, you know it, it's ama- like it's amazing that we actually live through something like 9-11 because even in like hundreds of years like that will still be I, I, I fully believe that was like 
still be a fucking huge chapter in history books. Yeah, I think it was just because it's, it was even like every year for the anniversary and you kind of forget and then you see all these things again of like the fact that they were contacting their loved ones and knowing that this was their goodbye it's just crazy to look back like I think this year there was people sharing messages that they texted their loved ones and it was just so bizarre because I, I think back to yeah I remember we were all in primary school and was on the TV but like you think those people in that situation like it's insane just that was the first really massive terrorist attack as well that we'd kind of experienced and it's it's kind of sad in a way that there's been other ones which haven't there's probably some that I am not even aware of in Europe or things that have gone on that you don't like you remember them at the time but they've never held that same weight that 9-11 does and Mm -hmm. I think it's because it was the first and like it was it was so I don't even know well like I suppose like it probably wasn't America, but like it was so spectacular, and mm. and I mean that like I don't mean that to glorify it. I just mean like the act of a plane, two planes flying into the two biggest buildings in the world, and then seeing like human beings throw themselves out of a building. That's mm. insane. Just the fact that it was televised, like you watched it, you could see. Do you it know happen. that's probably what it is. It was one of the yeah. first where like you're right, like everyone got it on their camera phones yeah. and, and stuff. There's actually meant to be a documentary and it's entirely just of footage on people's phones. Well. Um, What's it called? Se- is it 72 hours or something like that? I think it just, the time before it and directly afterwards. But yeah, that was it because it was the first televised thing that we'd really seen and it was like that time. And I mean, even if you think back to social media then, imagine if it was today, like it would be a whole other scale of witnessing something unfold before I'm feeling perilous because you're watching and knowing you can do nothing mm. it's just yeah yeah mm. big time right let's give it a spin alright here we go number 32 do you have it? I'm, I'm 31 oh number 32 the question is oh this is a nice one what is your proudest moment as an Irish person? oh okay Um. I mean uh, like Okay, I really, really fancied Mickey Joe Hart. And when he represented Ireland at Eurovision and when we got 12 points from England, that's honestly one of the proudest moments for me because it was so funny because I think we didn't give them any points at all that year. And there'll always be that rivalry, just like there is between Meath and Dublin in football, um, even though Meath are shite these days. But um, that would probably be one of my proudest moments as an Irish person because he had that green guitar. I mean, could he get more Irish? And he had his tie-dyed pink T-shirt and this, like, suit jacket on. I was like, he's really getting trendy here. And, yeah, that would probably be one of those moments. I'm trying to remember the song because I do remember the song. We've got the world tonight, We've Tom. We've got the, the world. world. Do you want to sing it tonight? I mean, tonight. let's, let's hold, hold on together. together. Oh. oh, amazing. Y- yeah. Yeah, that was a good song. I, like, and he still makes like a good living off that now, right? Doesn't he like just tour the country constantly and do his little he gigs? He does a lot of, yeah, like little gigs in um, college and stuff. But I do feel bad for him because I think at almost every gig, people just shout play we got the word it's like man he has a, I mean I bought his album okay he has other songs he's a great one called Let Linger Guys okay just check them out but uh, I feel bad because I feel like he's kind of like everyone's like play that one song yeah which must be hard as an artist yeah. yeah 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 that would be one of my proudest moments which is a bit bizarre but that would be one of them from my from when I was younger like I think Euros the Euros 
as a whole, I've never felt prouder of Ireland, the way they represented us, just as supporters. Like, they didn't win and they were just, you know, fantastic. All those viral videos of, like, them, like silencing like hushing people on the train so a baby could sleep and singing with a nun and cleaning up all the litter I I think that would be from today like recent times my proudest moment for being Irish just yeah just right. that's interesting you say that because just drawing back to what we were talking about like with, with you know you saying about like I don't know there was an element to what you were saying earlier I, I don't know did you say it or am I projecting this a little bit but like the element of like people pleasing like yeah. I, but like I have a bit of that. It sounds like you've a bit of that. I think Ireland, as in general, has a lot of that. Yeah. Like, what what is that about? Do you think? I don't. Like, because we love that those videos go viral. Like, yeah, as you said, like well, it's a proud moment, and yeah. you're right. Like that is that's gorgeous, like stuff that they're doing. But like, why do we do that? And the English will go fuck shit up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they start to like, or you know, I know at the Euros there was a lot of, like fighting with English fans, whereas the Irish, I think it stems back to the word crack, and like the Irish are just all about the crack. And I think when they go abroad, they, I think we're a very, very proud country and we're proud to be Irish and we like to represent ourselves very well. Mm. And I love that. I love when you're in another country and you just start talking Irish to, to your mate, like, and then someone else is there and, or you hear an Irish accent. I don't know. I'm terrible for it. In another country, the second I hear an Irish accent, I just, I don't know, the grow I have, I just feel like, oh my God, one of us. Like, I don't know. We're just so proud to be Irish and uh, I think it's just the crack they love and sometimes you don't even need them to have like the accent like sometimes you can just spot them oh yeah that's such a fun game to play I love that you can just see the pasty Irish skin and yeah queuing up to try and find something similar to a chicken fillet roll yeah. in Germany you yeah, know yeah. or wherever you are I love it so much yeah 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 like yeah, a, yeah. Frankfurt or just wait like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and you've got a big Irish head in you as well like you look proper Irish do you think I think so yeah great I love that because I, I, I love being I don't know or you could be I guess you could be like a bit Scottish, of Viking blood in yeah. you I'd say oh yeah Scottish yeah probably that vibe as well because like Justine is a French name um, and you wouldn't yeah yeah what it's funny someone uh, someone was tweeting about their name earlier. I don't know who it was, but anyway, I was thinking, what What do you think of your name? Do you like your name? I actually really do. Like, it was difficult as a child because no one obviously knew that name or heard of it. Like, my dad's name is Justin, so they really thought outside the box name and me. But yeah, growing up a lot, I got like Christine or Joanne, and I got uh, one time at a funeral. Um, there was an old guy who misheard me and he's like what's your name I was like Justine he's like G-String lovely to meet you now I don't know who's calling their kids G-String or why he thought that might actually be my name but yeah you, I got a lot of people misunderstanding my name because it wasn't that common mm. but um, I actually really do like it for that reason because you know I'll be in work and someone will call like oh Quiva and there's like two Quivas so you're like there actually isn't. I'm trying to give a better example. There is people in there. The Connor. There's like three different Connors. And I, you know, I like that when someone says Justine, I mean, nine times out of ten, it's going to be me. Except from Tri Channel. That's the other Justine. We have to do a video together. That's right. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. it's rare when you hear someone with the name Justine. Uh, maybe I'm just pathetic, but I get so excited because I'm like, one of us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Amazing the club. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's give us anything. We've got time for two more. Oh, wow. You've been doing good. What a fun time. All right, number four. Do you have it? No. No worries. Oh, here we go. Number four. Do you consider yourself a jealous person? Jealous? Um, No. I wouldn't think I am. Um, Unless, yeah, I mean, a very basic level of, say, you 
are in a restaurant and you get food and you like the look of someone else's food, then I'm jealous. Mm. Yeah, you make a bad decision and you're like, I should have just stuck to what I always get. But I wanted to try something new and here we are. Um, so on like very basic level things like that, in terms of like, I don't know, jealous of other people succeeding, God no. Mm. Like I would just be all for, let's all just support each other and that kind of thing. I would not be jealous. So yeah, um, yeah more so just in terms of food yeah <laughs> that's where most food of it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the thing yeah yeah it, yeah it's it's so funny i i remember being uh i was with, with a, a girl right and like for a long time it was a proper like relationship and um i remember saying to me and i thought that was so interesting she said it she was like because she she was a very jealous person and like was doing nothing like i might have been chatting to someone like but yeah. nothing uh, like, a, like a friend or something but like but she was really good about it. Like she'd be really like upfront, which was great, and be like, "Oh God, do you know that makes me really jealous?" And I was like, yeah. "Oh, really?" And 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 then and and I, and I was like, "You know, it's funny." And she's like, "I think she's whatever whatever way it evolved in the conversation." She's like, "And like, I think what makes me more jealous is I feel like I could never make you jealous," which was so weird because wow. I wouldn't consider myself yeah. a jealous person, but like. I don't know, it was just yeah. a really interesting, I don't know why I even told you that. It no, just I popped into that. my head. I get that, because uh, it's a nice feeling though, isn't it? When someone is a little bit jealous of like, because now that you say it, I would say I'm with someone, I get a bit jealous. Not a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit of like, there's my man, you get away from my man. But uh, it's an. I think that's a nice feeling, like, or if I'm with a guy and he sees me chant other guys, now I mean only a tiny bit because if it's any more you're kind of like this isn't okay yeah but it's a nice feeling to basically know that they're you know they like you yeah it's yeah, a, yeah it's yeah. kind of a, a really, it kind of emphasizes that because they don't want to lose you that's kind of where the jealousy maybe stems from that's so funny because you see I think <laughs> I think this is actually I think my instinct right if that was happening so like are you like are you saying it might feel nice if you were chatting to a bunch of lads that like if you were there for like five minutes that he might come over and like just like I don't know like you know just check in are, are, are you yeah, alright do you want to drink exactly. whatever like yeah, yeah. see just, my just, instinct in that situation would be to do the exact opposite and it would be to, to like uh, not even ignore that it's happening but just oh my god but like I'd be I'd be and I like I would be aware of it but I'd be yeah. like well I'm not giving them the fucking satisfaction oh, <laughs> like wow. well that's not a good thing yeah. but that would be my instinct yeah because I can see like if I was in that scenario I'd be like why isn't he getting jealous does he not care that <laughs> there are five lads here yeah yeah that's really yeah that's very interesting it's just funny your little yeah. different little default yeah. settings you know yeah it's interesting right let's give it a spin let's do the last one <laughs> This is, you have the record for the latest ever personality bingo recording. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. So what, what's the other times? Are they generally mornings? Oh yeah, like 10 a.m. We're getting a late night shift here. Late night nice. shift. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, last one, number 21. Do you have it? I have it. Ah. <laughs> the final one we got one. What a nice way to end. What an end. Number, tick it off there. Just give yourself oh, the satisfaction it of it. a bloody big tick. Nice yeah. one. Um. Okay, sweet. Oh, kind of a nice way to end. Number 21, do you believe in love at first sight? Oh, I don't think so because, well, maybe just me because I don't think I am attracted to people just by their looks. Mm -hmm. I, I've never been. I have really? to. Yeah, I could believe in love at first conversation. I, that's what I would change the phrase to because I, I cannot be attracted to someone unless I've spoke to them first and have a connection like I've never like I can appreciate Zach Efron is a very good looking man Mickey Joe Hart Mickey Joe oh <laughs> 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 
But uh, we could have, have to... the world tonight. Yeah. Me and Mickey Joe. But I met him in uh, Charlie's Chinese one night and I had to go up and say to him, I was like, Mickey, I'm a big fan. And I just think it came across really, really badly. And uh, I was very drunk. Was this recently? I mean, it was a few years ago. Well, he's a big fan of the podcast. So Is he? No. <laughs> actually got my hopes up there I was actually excited wow that is he'd be a good guest he'd be great I'd say he'd be a bit of crack like oh absolutely mm. yeah I should get him <laughs> get him on maybe we could do like a reunion episode we of can, yeah. <laughs> and this is this is Justine your biggest fan, fan yeah. you met in Charlie's I'm sure you remember she doesn't but <laughs> yeah, well no you do exactly. that's good yeah well do I <laughs> yeah so so, so yeah so it, it'd be like it'd be more like love at first chat yeah and but do you, would you even believe in that like do you think that's possible to like just connect with someone that quickly I suppose do you know what when I was a lot younger I did and I believe in the whole fantasy and I am a hopeless romantic I love romantic stories and I love all of it but I think Hollywood has ruined us and it has kind of given off this idea of love being this 24-7 idealistic fucking feeding each other chocolates and eating strawberries and apples or whatnot. <laughs> I don't know whatever you're into and uh, I think that's not what real love is or what it's really like and um, you're going to have fights over what to watch on Netflix or what you want to eat and there's so much mundane shit that you're not going to see in the notebook about relationships or love mm. but I I oh God I don't know I think as a hopeless romantic in me I like to still believe or believe that it is possible um, to have love at first conversation or connection I do and I would be I'm such a hopeless romantic I really am I was obsessed with Chandler and Monica and the whole relationship and then Jim and Pam in the office those relationships I just I'm the fucking biggest cheerleader at the sideline going you go you go get him but uh, love at first say I don't think I do so that was really interesting what you were saying about like you don't think love is like it's it, it's not all, it's not like what Hollywood makes it look like. No. So so what is it? Well, I mean, like it's you know, if someone's going to go out and uh, get locked, and another person is holding their hair back when they're getting sick, not talking from experience, but uh, that's something. Or like, yeah, you have fights. It's not always going to be twenty four seven bed roses or happiness. And I think that's probably well, it was a big shock for me the first time I got into a proper relationship, realizing that because I'm like oh hang on then we're not meant to be together because we're not making each other happy all the time it's like no there's a lot of compromise and there's so much yeah that Hollywood and I, I feel like Hollywood deserves to do a realistic film about it like I think 500 Days of Summer is a really realistic depiction of a breakup uh, and the kind of chaoticness of it all and back and forth Um, uh, but majority of films are just gonna ease it up mm. unfortunately um, but yeah no like major- if I had to break it down to the very basics I think relationships boil down to uh, deciding where to eat next deciding what to watch on Netflix and riding like that's what it all boils, boils down to really um, <laughs> you know a few dates in what, between what happened to the hopeless romantic <laughs> <laughs> riding Netflix and food <laughs> That's the nubber in me coming out now, just pure basic. Like, my mother and father. My father proposed to my mother at a grave. So, this is where my love comes. I mean, he <laughs> had the blessing of the graves. And he said, oh, he uttered it lovely. He said, uh, how would you like to be buried with my people? 
And, Are you uh, joking? No, I wish, Tom. I wish. And uh, I think the saddest part of the story is my mother said yes. So, I mean, she was totally on board with this proposal. This was a proposal. <laughs> like, put that in a movie. Wow. Yeah. So, you know. If you put that in a movie, like, <laughs> and like, you like, sometimes like, writing stuff, your friends send you scripts. And like, can you give me feedback? I read that line. I'm like, yeah, man. Like, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> that is so unrealistic. It's no like, one has ever said that in the yeah. history of like the millions of years, like people have populated. No, but, this is real. Based on a true story. Wow. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things like that that happen in my life that people are like, that cannot be real. And you're like, no, unfortunately, this did happen. Yeah. There's a lot of that. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, I talk about Hope is Romantic. Like, I went on a first date and uh, we went for a walk and uh, he brought his dog. And at the end of the walk, um, I was kind of like, I don't think. I mean, I was young. I was 15 or whatever. I was like, I don't think it's really going to work out. And uh, this is a very sad story to end with. Uh, he was like, oh, but without you, like, my dog is my only friend. And, oh, yeah, Tom, wait for this one. And at that moment, a car came down the road and the dog ran out in front of the car. And, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. And then, like, he starts screaming and they have to put the dog into the car of these strangers and they put him in the car and they drive off, presumably to a vet or something. And I'm just standing on the road being like, well, I am a terrible person. Oh, yeah. my God. So these things do happen. Things, strange, strange things do happen. Um, but I'm still a hopeless romantic. <laughs> oh, my. Wait, what? Yeah. What? what, what? Did you go with him in the car? No. You got left on the side no, of the road? I got left on the side of the road, yeah. And was the dog, like, dead, dead? Or Thankfully, uh, he just, his eye exploded. And <laughs> Thankfully, he, his <laughs> eye exploded. <laughs> I would take eye explosion over death. So he... I'm going to quote you in yeah, that. <laughs> that's, yeah, take one quote away from this. Uh, so he lived, thank Jesus, because I don't think I could have... Oh, you would have to ma- have married him then. I really would have, yeah. I would have had to say, how would your people like to be buried with my people yeah, and yeah, yeah. that would be uh, yeah that'd be it yeah but these things happen like that is a bl- you would see that in a film and be like that could not happen and it's like yeah no it did that's incredible yeah wow but there you go i do kind i am hopeless romantic and i do believe in love at first connection conversation but yeah. you hear all the stories but yeah Love it. Um, Justine Stafford, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you, Tom, for um, having me. Will you do me a favour? Um, obviously, flat out with all the stuff in Joe.ie, which um, is brilliant. Do me a favour. Tell everyone about like any of that social media, any uh, of yours, whatever, whatever you want. Cool, yeah. Uh, so I would, I like doing all tweets, all my social, uh, so you can get me on at Justine Stafford on Twitter. Uh, I mainly just do photoshops of Daniel O'Donnell or Marty Morrissey just bizarre things like that or jokes or videos and then you can get me on Instagram as well at Justine Stafford underscore at the end now interestingly I had the original Justine Stafford and then I deleted that account but I can't get that handle anymore so oh first world problems but they would be the two main ones to get me on Uh, I do all my videos and memes and jokes on that so yeah Get me on them. Amazing. This has been deadly. Justine Stafford, thanks so much for playing personal. Thanks for having me, Tom. (laughs) 
So guys, that was the amazing Justine Stafford playing Personality Bingo. Justine, if you're listening, a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it. Uh, as I said, this was the latest one we ever did in the evening, so it was the first one that I recorded myself, like just using all the fecking Cubase and all that sort of stuff, like silly stuff, you know, but uh, it was so fun. Um, I don't know, just sitting down and getting to know someone who I kind of just knew I liked. I said that to her uh, off mic, I think, or maybe it was on the podcast. I can't even remember, but it's just like, I feel like I know you better than I do. And I think that's a real testament to just the kind of person Justine is. She's just uh, a load of fun, like a big bag of openness and it was amazing. And also I, I, a massive, like a massively brave episode in just the sense of like what she was willing to chat about. I don't know. I just, I'm always so struck when people come on and they're, they're open to chatting to me. Like it, it you know, I don't want to speak like with any level of grandiosity about it, but like it feels like a privilege sometimes to talk to people like Justine who are so eloquent and honest and who've lived such interesting lives and um, I feel very privileged to be able to bring that to you and, and hopefully share that and hopefully you get something out of it because I know I certainly did so again Justine a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it as always a massive thank you to Erin Lindsay for taking the time to do this podcast she does so much she mixes she edited 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 it she might have to edit that uh, and produces the podcast and uh, it's such a joy to have her on board um, as aside from being brilliant at what she does she's always just such a lovely person to drop an email to or a voice message to whatever it is um, it's always uh, a pleasure and I really enjoy Enjoy uh, the fact that that, that that she's on board and we get to work together. Also, a huge thank you to Leah Moore and Anthony Manley for their beautiful team music. Um, it's gas the amount of times that that music gets sang to me uh, at really inappropriate moments. Um, and uh, I really appreciate the guys for doing it. Also, to Connor Nolan for his gorgeous artwork that uh, that we have in the studio, and I'm looking at it right now, and it's uh, it's so striking and um, so perfect. So a massive thank you to you, Connor, and as always, always, always a huge thank you to. Alan Bennett and Paddy O'Leary for having us a part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Go and check out all the other brilliant podcasts. There's so many of them at this point, I won't even dare to name them. But um, as well as that, uh, check out headstuff.org with tons of articles and stuff like that. And that's something that I'm looking at doing over the next few weeks. Um, as I said, like doing loads of writing and like I might just try and write some articles. I don't know. Why the fuck not? Um, and as I said um, in, in last week's episode, uh, a trip to New York on the horizon. So if you are based over that way, especially in the New York area and you have any recommendations for guests or anything like that, or even recommendations for guests in Dublin or further afield, whatever it is, let us know. It's always so nice to hear your thoughts on the podcast in general um, and give us a subscribe, a five-star rating, um, whatever the thing might be. It all makes a huge difference. So thank you so much for being part of the journey thus far as we reach episode 100 we're so close guys we're in the mid 90s now so i mean you know it's in it's in the next few weeks which is just so bonkers it's amazing to have that much content and thanks to all of you who've stuck around and if you're new to it welcome aboard and um go check out some of the other stuff if you think you might like it guys enough of me waffling but tune in next week for another episode of personality bingo with tom moore